Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined, as always, by Jason Brooks. It's finally here. Sunday will start the official road to WrestleMania, as we've all been taught to believe the Royal Rumble's finally here. I think we had a pretty interesting, to say the least, go-home show to Raw. Uh, we'll see what happens on SmackDown on Thursday. But, Jason, how, how's it going? And... How does it feel to be nominated for Best New Podcast uh, for Wrestling on the Internet? Yeah, I'm very excited um, about that and um, excited to do the show. Uh, I think we actually have a lot to talk about, obviously, with everything that's going on. I think we definitely have some things to discuss. And uh, like I just said, we uh, were honored, and thank you, everybody, who has listened over the year. But uh, about (laughs) earlier this week came out, the uh, the nominees for uh, Wrestling Radio Awards, and that's right, the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast has an honor for Best New Wrestling Show Slash Podcast. And if you'd like to vote for us, you can go to WrestlingRadioAwards.com. That's with an S at the end. WrestlingRadioAwards.com. Got Best New Show, Best Wrestler of the Year, Best, best uh, basically whole podcasting, I guess, network. You have The Law, which we listen to every week, and a lot of the, the Wrestling Observer, so it's going to be interesting to see who wins that. I mean, there are some other new shows that are out there, some that are very good, some that I listen to, but for own personal satisfaction, we would really love if you gave us your vote. And uh, when January 30th comes along, hopefully we'll be able to tell you that the Workshop Wrestling Podcast is just not a nominee for Best New Wrestling Podcast on out there, but also a winner. So it's going to be a long and hard climb, but with hopefully with your help, we'll be able to take that next step. Well, listen, uh, it's an honor to be nominated. <laughs> no, I think um, that it's awesome that we got nominated for this, and we definitely appreciate like anybody who's going to vote. Uh, my girlfriend voted a few times, but she's supposed to. Um, but uh, I, I appreciate everyone who voted for us. It's definitely a big deal um, for us. And it's exciting that we're in a mix with such great other podcasts. And we want to keep bringing that content to you. So, Corey, we had a big Raw on Monday. We had the Ascension getting buried. We had Brock looking like Brock for the first time in a while. A lot of other good stuff on Raw. Absolutely. And you know what? We may disagree on this, but... This is one of the, I know I'm always the guy who says you got to put the young guys over, make them look strong, you know, so you have a future. But I'm sorry. The Ascension are terrible. I know, I believe it's Victor actually isn't a terrible worker, but Connor is unwatchable at most weeks. And I'm sorry. I really did enjoy the uh, Bradshaw getting, getting the clothesline from hell. I really enjoyed, you know, the 30 seconds of seeing the New Age Outlaws out there. I enjoyed all that. I, it might be wrong as someone who does a wrestling uh, podcast, because we're all supposed to be, you know, rah-rah, independent guys, rah-rah, new guys. But in this case, it put a nice smile on my face when I saw the Ascension get put in their place. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind the old guys, you know, having some success for sure. Um, and, and, you know, boy, the Ascension, that Connor is absolutely awful. 
is he the worst active wrestler on the roster? He may be. Very, very between well. his lack between his lack of mic skills and his in ring ability, he is awful. And, and and the other thing is when they were doing that promo, which was horrendous. I feel like that Connor guy forgot his cues because Victor would talk, and it would be like ten seconds before the Connor guy talked. And I think he was trying to remember his lines. I don't know. It was just, man, it was it was really bad. And listen, you could say if you're a you know if you're if you're a fan of the Ascension, or if you want to say, hey, you know these are the young guys. You need to put the young guys over. They didn't look awesome, you know. But it could be a case of, hey, you know what? It's a Royal Reunion show. It's not a big deal. You know, I think it may have been a little easier to do it with The Miz and Sandow because, you know, they could kind of take getting beaten up a little by legends. Uh, maybe a tag team that says they're the greatest thing ever and then they're getting beat up by 50-year-old guys. That may not have been awesome for them. But, I mean, they're horrendous. And, yeah, it was nice to see Bradstraw out there, APA, Ron Simmons got a big pop. Um, yeah, it was fun. Those shows are always fun, you know, especially for guys like us who have been watching for so long. I mean, you know, there's another take you could put on this, the idea of do you re- should you really have these type of shows on the go-home show to a major three-paper view? The show is three hours long, Corey, for God's sakes. We need something on the show to entertain us. They have plenty of time to build up the Rumble, which they didn't really do at all. And they had plenty of time to build up the main event, which they did a lot of. But for three hours, can we get something that's funny, that's entertaining, that we actually like? I mean, I was glad to see it. Me too. Sometimes these, sometimes these Royal Reunion shows, they do, like, too much of it. But I thought they did a great job of kind of, like Edge and Christian a few weeks ago, like mixing them in, but not making them too big a part of the show. I can agree with that. Um, now, this is something that I brought up with uh, recent... Ge- uh, recent guest on the show, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net. He does a, a wrap-up show on uh, Block Talk Radio on Monday nights during WrestleMania season. Speaking of him, and I'm going to bring this idea to you. And he, he kind of agreed with me, and I want to know your take on this. Now, I have no problem watching a good match between two guys who are good in the ring and work hard against each other. But when you have a match on your go-home show... Of Dean Ambrose versus Wade Barrett, which is basically a throwaway match. I think that, and then I understand the other match had a story behind it. Daniel Bryant versus Bray Wyatt. With no build, by with the no way. No build, with absolutely no build. But don't you think on a go-home show, and if you want guys to actually be believable ideas of winning the Rumble, or someone we should care about, shouldn't this be the one night of the month that you have not a squash match, but, you know, you have Dean Ambrose in there against, you know, a Curtis Axel or, you know, one member of, you know, Titus O'Neil or someone. So you can just get a, a, a good victory and then you're not burying another guy who some people might actually think could do something in the Rumble. Because, you know, when I. Well, burying is a strong word. I mean, burying is a strong word. Uh, I, I, but also, Corey, why not make it a match for, like, um, an entry, like a the 25th entry versus... The 5th. You know, the 5th the, the or whatever. Like, why not make it a Royal Rumble stipulation so that we know, okay, well, this is for something. So then if Dean Ambrose wins, it's like, okay, it's a non-title match, and Dean Ambrose is better than Barrett, so that kind of makes sense. Instead, it's just a random match. That being said, Ambrose did need the victory, 
and it was a good victory over a solid competitor. So you could also say that that was important for Ambrose, um, as someone who they I think they're going to push in the Rumble at least a little bit. You know, but I, for the most part, I do agree with you. I would have been okay with it if they made it about something, but I didn't like just cold matches about that were meaningless. And once again, I mean, it's something we've spoken about and people all over the internet speak about. The worst thing that can happen to a person, unless they really, really have an idea they want to do with you, a.k.a. Rusev, you put a secondary title on somebody, and that means you're basically losing almost every match. I know that you, I know you don't think wins and losses matter as much as, nearly as much as I do. But Wade Barrett's champion, and he's, I know he got the win back on SmackDown this past week, but he lost clean to uh, Sin Cara. He lost clean to Dean Ambrose this week. Just either get rid of these secondary titles or put them on people that you're not going to beat every week. You know? I mean, one of our overarching, if you could say, what are the overarching themes of the Work Shoot Wrestling podcast? One is The Shield, two is CM Punk. And three is the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, these are three of the things we've talked about most on this show that drive us crazy or, or, or kind of, or, or just things. The IC title or lack of a push for the title drives us crazy. And the Shield and CM Punk are two things we've talked about. Listen, it is what it is. I mean, at this point, we've talked about it a lot. They absolutely should push the title. Doesn't make sense to me to have the champion losing on a show, um, before the Royal Rumble. He should be the second guy in the company. But that's not how that's not how they look at it. So it is what it is. I don't know. Like I said, I mean, we spoke about last week about a possible brand split and making SmackDown its own show and having individual guys like they did basically a decade ago. With you're either on SmackDown and you're on Raw, and maybe champions might wrestle on both shows. But if you're going to do that, if you're going to separate brands, the IC title and the US title have to mean something. And they mean absolutely nothing right now. They mean Who's nothing. the U.S. champ? Sheamus? I don't even know who the Rusev. U.S. champ is. It's Sheamus, isn't it? No, it's Rusev. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he has, when's the last time he defended the title? That's a good question. I wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I'm guessing it's Jack I mean, Swagger at the pay-per-view, most likely, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I mean, the, the U.S. title is basically the European championship, essentially. So I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what to do with that title, but it is what it is. Let's talk about Brock Lesnar, the Beast Incarnate. All right, I'm sure you have some views on on their push and their build for him on Raw, but I loved what they did with him. I think that if you're going to have Brock Lesnar on the show, and he can only do a few appearances, this is what you need to do with him. He seemed like a guy on Monday night. He came out. He was fired up. He wanted to kick somebody's ass. He seemed, you know, and his one line that was great that he said to Rollins was, I'm a prize fighter, so I'm going to wait until it's time to kick your ass. I mean, his lines were great. The way they, they the, the way the segments that he were in, the way they did that was great. The, you know, the main event spot uh, for Raw, that was tremendous. They made him look like Brock Lesnar. They made him look like the, the WWE champion. I mean, there was also like a semi baby face in there uh, as well from the fans. So I really enjoyed Brock this week. I think he was the star of the show. And I think he, for me, he was the most enjoyable part of the show. And you know what? 
most weeks, if uh, if pretty much every week we're on here, we say the thing that when it's not on there, we're upset about, and it's usually a sign it's a bad show. And when he's on there, it's usually a sign that it's a pretty at least one entertaining segment. But this is one of the few times Brock was concise. He made sense on his promo, and did uh, did Paul Heyman say more than you know fifteen words all night? You know, he said, you know, my name is, he got cut off. Then he made the line of, you know, to Seth Rollins, you know, the, the parents are at play or whatever and yeah. stay in the back or whatever. But Brock is usually a terrible promo. But Brock, I felt, you know, did a good job for what he had. I think he's a better promo than we give him credit for. I think the WWE, they, what they, this is what they should do with Roman Reigns. Keep his promos short and sweet and to the point. And, you know, you could have... You can have two or three guys do similar promos on your show. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to kick your ass. Believe that. that. I mean, that's all you need to have Roman Reigns. So he doesn't need to be doing anything else. That's another point. But they had Brock, short, concise, to the point. And I think when he does those promos, he's actually pretty good. It's when they give him too many, too many lines is when it could be a mess. But give him a couple of short, concise lines, and I think he's fine. I think he did great. I love the prize fighter line. And I don't know, Corey... When they use him in the right way, he seems on a different level than the other guys. When he came to the ring to beat up Seth Rollins and, you know, Kane was there and the big show were there, you don't see heels go in to try to beat up three guys. He went in there to beat those three guys up, and you, I mean, I felt like he was going to beat up all three of those guys, no problem, you know? And that's what Brock brings to the table that, a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of these other guys aren't because they've never fought in the freaking UFC to never beat people up for real. So I know they can't resign him. I know there's been a lot of issues, with, or they may not be able to resign him. And I know there's a lot of issues with him, but man, he does bring something to the show that they they just don't have. Now another thing that's been spreading all over the internet because all the wonderful uh, fans of wrestling who uh, you know follow online nitpick every word that's said and think it's a double meaning. Did you when you heard him say prize fighter? Did you think that was a nod of him going back to the UFC, or did you think it was no. he just said prize fighter? No, I think he said I'm a. He's kind of mentioned stuff like that before. Uh, you know, he's he come. I mean, he comes out to the ring in in sponsored shorts. I mean, he comes to the ring basically like he's going to have a fight with somebody. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he has the gloves. Yeah, he, he comes out like he did for UFC. So I, I don't see anything wrong with it. And he said he's a prize fighter, meaning, I mean, that's stupid internet. I mean, you know, people talk about this IWC and, and all this stuff. And, yeah, sure, I guess there's an element to it. But there's fans who are stupid and fans who are not stupid. And anybody who's saying that is a fan who I think it just doesn't totally get, doesn't totally get it. He's probably leaving anyway, whether he said that or not. Now, if he didn't give an effort, if he didn't appear on his show, if he, then you could say, okay, this is an indication of something. Him cutting a promo, a line that's probably scripted, no, it's ridiculous. Gotcha. Like I said, we on this show, I just feel like you know sometimes you got to bring up things that people might be talking about. I just want to get your opinion on that. But um, we'll get into it in our when we get into a deep review of the Royal Rumble. But I think this is going to be super interesting on who leaves with the title. There's so many ideas. There's so many scenarios you can go with. There's so many ideas of based on who wins this match, who they might have the Rumble. But like you said at the very beginning, just like me, I think they did a great job of making you interested 
in the world title match. But I really, how interested are besides the name Royal Rumble? How interested did you become last night, more or less, based on the hype that you got there? Because honestly, the Rumble does not feel like a big deal this year, even though it is my favorite event of the year. It's usually my favorite event, even more than WrestleMania. WrestleMania has the spectacle, but it's the, the greatest gimmick match that's really hard to screw up. The Royal Rumble. You got thirty guys one year, a couple of years ago. You had forty. But you have all these guys in the ring. They come down either 60 or 90 seconds. They fight. There's all the different strategies. You create feuds leading into Mania. This year, though, it really feels kind of like, all right, Royal Rumble's coming up, but we are more interested in making sure that we're going to get every, which is not wrong, we're going to get every dime we can out of this last possible one or two uh, times of Lesnar. Well, a couple things. One, do they really need to sell us in a Royal Rumble? I mean... We already know that match is awesome. We know how much we like it. I mean, it does feel like in most years. So that's one question, um, kind of, uh, yeah, not sure. But then the other part to it is, one, how much they need to sell us in a rumble. Um, and two, I mean, they didn't. So I don't know. I would say that hyping up the pay-per-view and hyping up Brock being there is probably more important than hyping up the Rumble because the Rumble as a standalone match we all know is a big deal. I guess I was just surprised they didn't mention it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they did a really good job of building up this pay-per-view main event for the most part. And maybe that's what they wanted to focus on. Maybe that's what they could they felt like they could sell the people on. So, you know, that's kind of what they were going for. I want to make a comment on the Rumble. And I know we got to go to Brixton and all that, but Gabe Sapolsky, he's, um, you know, former um, Ring of Honor booker, you know, big on independence. Um, he's mentioned that Paul Heyman's one of his idols. You know, he's kind of an indie booker guy. Um, and he mentioned after seeing Lucha Underground, I don't know, did you see Lucha Underground, uh, there were a Rumble concept? It was amazing. Yeah, so he wrote on Twitter, um, after seeing how Lucha Underground modernized Royal Rumble concept, I just can't get excited for the over-the-top Rumble. What, what do you think about that? Um, now, okay, now, just for you, just for, hold on, before I, before you answer, I want to explain to the audience, because they may not have seen Lucha Underground. So Lucha Underground is a show, um, Lucha Libre, um, it's on the El Rey Network, we've talked about it a number of times. Um, it's a tremendous show if you guys get a chance to watch on the LA Network. They had a Royal Rumble style match to crown the champion. Basically, every guy came out. I think it was 30 seconds or nine, or 60 seconds. So two guys started. Guy came out every 60 seconds. But instead of throwing them over the top, they would actually get pinned. So these guys were doing finishes all over the place, and they were pinning each other all over the place. And it was an incredible match. So now having that all explained, do you think that it takes something away from for you from watching that, from watching the Royal Rumble coming up on Sunday? Um, I don't think so because the Royal Rumble, like you said, something that's been ingrained in our minds for the last 25-plus years or more. Um, and I think that there's always nice to have new takes on something. But I think you always want to go, and there's a special place for you in the original. And one thing that McMahon and his his people do well is book in the Rumble. So I have faith. I don't have faith in who they've even decided yet who's going to win or, win or lose the Rumble. Do you think they know yet who's going to win the Rumble? 
I think they knew a couple of months ago, and I think things have changed, and I think that it's down to a couple of people now. And I'm not sure. I mean, I think it's most likely, not giving any picks yet, but, you know, I think it's between most likely, like, three people. I think it's between uh, returning Randy Orton, because Randy Orton's Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, who supposedly was the choice for, for quite a while, and, and Daniel Bryan, who you can go in many different directions, and if he doesn't win the Rumble, you have a lot of ways you can go. I think he's the right, yeah, let's, choice. Let, let's hold him. off on our predictions for the Rumble, though. I don't want to talk about that. Right, no, I understand, but, but I yeah. think there no, are a couple of guys, but I think the idea is that the way that they build this Rumble is always entertaining, and it builds things going forward, so... I think that's why the Rumble is important, and I think it will be a good match. But like we said from the beginning of this, I'm not super as excited as I was in past years. Now, before we get to break, and I'll get you, you'll have the last comment on this, of course. But in past years, and I know this is a while ago, but you've had, you had one year, you had Bob Holly. Yes, Bob Holly main event at a pay-per-view. Bob Holly versus... Brock Lesnar for the for the title. He got destroyed in that match. But, <laughs> and you Did he had, have one offensive move in that match? Um, maybe a clothesline. But uh, <laughs> but the idea is, though, that there was a good amount of time before we had Rock versus Punk. At the Royal Rumble was usually the big match, and you had not a throwaway world title match, but you had a title match where it was your champion versus somebody who was okay, but you weren't going to miss if he wasn't in the Rumble. And now that you've got Brock, Cena, and Seth in this match, it's interesting that it feels like you're having more interest in the title match than you have in the Rumble itself. You can take the last thing on the yeah, before I mean, we go to break. Sure. I mean, they did not hype the Rumble up at all. Like, at all. And, yeah, I mean, the Rock Punk match, I mean, I, last year's match I thought was a complete throwaway, although they tried to hype it up like it was. It was a complete throwaway. Um, the Rock Punk, um, I thought that was a great build-up to that feud. And, I, you know, we talked about before our podcast, we talked about how great Punk was in that lead-up and building that show. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this, is, this feels like a true, true main event. And um, I think they've done a great job of hyping it up. I'm excited about the Rumble, and I'm really excited about the main event. I mean, this is the most excited I've been for a pay-per-view since SummerSlam, easily. And uh, I will absolutely be watching this show and very excited to watch it. And on that note, we're going to take our first break. We'll be back with more of the Workshop Wrestling Podcast. And remember, we are uh, supposedly one of the best new podcasts out there. And uh, you should go and vote for us and let us know uh, that you agree. We'll be back with more in a mere moment. You people, you know who I am. You don't know why I'm here. Are we gonna get security here? Where is billionaire Ted? Where is the Nacho Man? And where, oh where, is Scheme Gene? Cause I got a scoop for you. You want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one. Once again, if you want to vote for the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast as the best new show for wrestling on the internet and radio, 
You can go to WrestlingRadioAwards.com. Me and Jason would appreciate it greatly. And uh, it's awesome to be nominated and uh, be even better to win. But, Jay, before we move on to non-Raw issues, I'm just wondering, uh, what do you think of the Royal Rumble panel? I guess we'll call it from, a.k.a. bringing out the old fogies to come out and uh, give us one-word answers. You know, those panels are always, <laughs> those panels are always so stupid. <laughs> I did talk about this on Twitter, at work, shoot pod. Um, and Corey at Paladin 808, no one cares. Um, that, you know, I thought the last, I thought it would be an awkward Legends panel because the last one was super awkward. It was horrible. I thought this one was a little funnier with Shawn Michaels referencing uh, SummerSlam 2005. I thought it was funny. I was glad Brian Sexton actually got a, an opportunity. So got a little push there to do that. I think that was the big spot for him. So... I thought it was fine. Um, I enjoyed the Big Show's promo. I thought he was fantastic. I thought it was one of his better promos maybe I've ever heard from him. Um, uh, but I, I thought it was an entertaining segment. Unlike a lot of these Legends panels, I thought it was an entertaining segment. And um, it was good to see Flair and Shawn Michaels for sure. Now, bringing up the Big Show, I, also I thought it was a pretty solid promo. One of the better ones he's done in a while. But... This is going to be twofold. Bring up two, two quick things. One, I think that the idea of him being out there and Roman Reigns making the save was, was done well. And the key reason why is because he didn't say a goddamn word afterwards, which was quite good. But you make the big show look like some sort of force. But then the last image you see at the end of the night is Brock basically picking him up like he's a rag doll and giving him the F5. Doesn't that kind of counteract what you did a little bit? No, it makes Brock look like a monster and a WWE champion who's going to murder you. Exactly what they need him to look like. He literally took a 500-pound man and gave him an F5. That puts him over. You, He needs to be put over. He needs to look like a champion. He needs to look like the biggest guy and the ass kicker, and that's what he looked like. But don't you think it also at the same point made... Big Show look like, you know, what's Not the point of him being in this Rumble? Brock Lesnar is the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. He's supposed to beat guys like the Big Show. He's supposed to beat everybody. He's the champion. He he broke The Undertaker's 21-year under undefeated streak. He's supposed to be able to F5 Big Show. Not, no question about it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I thought maybe the idea of Having one segment, him in there, one, and then, you know, looking like a big deal in one, and then just getting killed in the last one. That's right, because he because he got clotheslined by Reigns anyway. I mean, he got clotheslined and taken out by Reigns anyway. So, you know, it's the same thing there. I mean, is it you know, Reigns kind of made him look dumb in that segment. I mean, not made him look dumb, but he, he got the better of him in that segment. So no, I, I thought it was fine. I think Brock is supposed to look like that. I don't see any issues there. Uh, what did you think of Daniel Bryant? Losing his first match back on Raw, and I know that it's the idea of 50-50 booking, and now he won on SmackDown, he got the pin in the six-man tag, he loses on Raw, he'll most likely win to get into the Rumble on SmackDown, so it's this whole 50-50 booking, but the idea of the first time that a lot of fans, more fans, are going to see Daniel Bryant on the A-Show, and the first time you see him, he loses clean, basically. 
Now, this one I do have a problem with. To have him lose on his first show back, this guy was the, you know, former uh, world champion, would have probably been world champion for quite a while, um, you know, last year, if not for the injury. He's the most over baby face that they have on their roster, to me, far and away. To me, for them to have him lose clean to Bray Wyatt, no, obviously no disrespect to Bray. You know how much um, I love him. I thought it was, I thought it was a bad move. Thought it made him look bad. Thought it made him look bad. At least the panel said they they thought he was going to win the Rumble, but um, yeah, I, I didn't think it made him look good at all. You know, I, I did say on Twitter, you know, is this what you know what Daniel Bryan's going to be? Kind of an upper mid card guy, and not uh, uh, you know upper um, um, mid card main event level guy, but not a, exactly a main eventer. I don't know. I hope that's not what they're going to do with him, and this is just a 50-50 booking, like you said. But I did not enjoy at all what they did with him. Didn't like it one bit, to be honest with you. Now, do you take any, uh, one way or another, going back for one second, in regards to that panel that no one picked Roman Reigns, so as a result of no one thinking that Reigns is going to win, surprise now if Reigns wins, or is it one has nothing to do with the other, you think? Because, like I said, one no one picked him. Well, I, I think I think one has nothing to do with the other. I didn't think anything of it. Okay. But I did think it was good. I think I did think, I mean, they can only mention three guys, right? But I do think it was good that they at least mentioned Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, and Daniel Bryan. And obviously, they mentioned, they mentioned those guys for a reason. And I would not be surprised if those three guys, along with Roman Reigns, are the last four guys in the, you know, the Royal Rumble match. Makes sense. And I guess bearing the lead, which... Uh... <laughs> On a three-hour show, it usually happens because we talk about so many different things. What do you think of the icon, the man known as Sting, all the other monikers he's had? What the do you vigilante. Think of the vigilante. Oh, God, I hate that. What do you think of Sting's first appearance on uh, – I know we've had his first appearance in the WWE already with the Survivor Series. But what do you think of his first appearance on Raw and – Basically, how they how they went about bringing back the Vintner, Ziggler, and uh, the guy who loves you know food. Um, yeah, I'm glad those guys are back. Obviously, they really didn't go. We know that it was just a storyline. Um, I think they did a good job with Sting. Um, it's good that they don't have him talking or cutting promos yet. He just kind of has that mysterious crow-like character. So I enjoy what they're doing with him for sure. It'd be nice if he would have made an appearance before this, but, you know, we'll take it for what it is. Um, you know, where this is leaning to in terms of, like, who brought Sting in. Is this going to be a Vince McMahon thing or whatever? But that's another story from the other day. In terms of how they're bringing him in, um, I enjoyed the segment. I think they did a nice job of bringing him in. I thought Raw was really – it had some ups and downs. The three-hour show always does. But I really thought, for the most part, it was a, it was a solid show. And uh, to prove that, uh, it was about two hours. This is one of the rare times, and I guess this might happen now because of football's over and college football as well. I actually watched Raw live. I actually was watching some of I was watching it totally live. I left Gotham for the DVR and whatever else was on that night. I watched from the beginning to end. And previous guest on the show, Henry Maldonado, who will be back on in a couple of, couple of weeks, hopefully. And uh, my own... Uh, co-host here, Jason, I go and text 
text them both basically at around, I guess, 10, 15. Here comes the... Here comes the reason, the stuff that we, we see because Raw is three hours, not two hours. We see a cold Divas match, and we see a, the, what, uh, what's it called? The New Day versus, we don't even have a name for them, Tyson, Kidd, and Cesaro in basically throwaway matches that nobody cares about. It's that point in the show where you just go, oh my God, there's still 45 minutes left. So, I mean, every I mean, good show, the there thing, will right, be there. Th- that, yeah, that, that's the thing, right? There's three hours, so they got to fill... I mean, they are just filling the show. I was yelling at someone, arguing with someone on Twitter who said... who was talking about this, this Divas feud with Natalie and Paige and all. Natalia. I said it was a total... It's just a total Divas feud, and they're like, oh, but that's okay, blah, blah. It's a horrible feud, by the way. I, who, who cares about that match? But you're right. Three hours... I knew when that segment was coming after the 10 o'clock hour, time to turn on some FIFA, get a quick game in, and then get ready and settled up for the main event. That's always nice to be able to get a little FIFA in. Um, now, I, I guess I don't think there's anything other, other major things to talk about from Raw. I think we covered pretty much everything from Raw this week. So, like I said, I thought it was a good show, much better than we've seen the last couple of weeks. I think Sunday is going to be like it should be. We're going to start to see the WrestleMania picture uh, start to form a little bit better. And, uh, you know, you look, I'm excited about that. So I think we're going to be start going into these, hopefully these weeks where we're all a lot more positive about Roy than we have been over the last, you know, four or five months. Yeah, I think this is, this is time, right? It's time for Raw to kind of make that push now, to make that, you know, make that move. And I think we are seeing the beginning of that. I mean... This Raw Rubble is going to be kind of crazy in terms of the things that happen because of it and, you know, what we see in terms of the world champion. So um, definitely excited to see how this turns out. But, yeah, I think we've got some good Raws ahead. Now, with every show that is good and bad, it's time to talk a little bad. Uh, it should have been a great day yesterday for the WWE, WWF, whatever you call it at this point. Before we even get to WrestleMania 31, we found out where WrestleMania 32 is going to be. It's going to be in Arlington, Texas, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. They'll have a legitimate chance of breaking the WrestleMania 3 number, of, which is not a real number of the 93,000. It's more like high 70s, just around 80,000 actually were in attendance for WrestleMania 3, but they try to make it the huge number with the 93,000. You've had... Concerts with George Strait, which had 105,000. Uh, you've had, you know, football games there. You had the NCAA, the NCAA uh, football title game a couple of weeks ago there. It's a really big place. Jay, what was your thoughts on uh, which we thought was going to happen, but Dallas, Texas, the, the new home, not Houston like it's been twice, but Dallas, the new home of WrestleMania next year? Sure. I mean, I'm not surprised. Um you know, we kind of thought that that's where they would be. Um, yeah, it's a big place, a big arena, big for the WWE. Um, they've been doing these gigantic places lately. Um, no more at Madison Square Garden anymore, unfortunately. So, yeah, um, I'm sure it'll be, you know, a good time. Um, hopefully it's, you know, they'll close the – so we can hear this, the noise a little better. With some of these uh, arenas, and especially the open open air things, we don't hear the crowd as, as much as we'd like. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, they'll have a lot of people there. That's for sure. Now it wasn't all great news. The WWE stock price 
was at a record 52-week uh, low. And this isn't a joke. For a point, it was actually nine ninety nine, which uh, it went down, I believe, to nine $9.97. And when it closed today, it was up to $10.18. I don't know what that is from. It could have anything to do with the idea that people may not be happy with the WWE uh, network on the you know the different prices around the around the country around the world might be this concussion um, lawsuit that's going down could be a lot of reasons but you know at, at WrestleMania season you would have liked to have seen the number not go down to an all time low and you wonder if this is something that people believe that the bot, uh, the amount of subscribers now that it's a monthly pay-as-you-go monthly, the numbers may not be great when we get the numbers, and I think in two weeks at the investors for the fourth quarter and for the final year numbers. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing, right, is where – in the concussion lawsuit, I do want to talk about – we'll see if we have time to talk about it on this week's show because we got to get to the Rumble and a bunch of other things, and we don't need this show being two hours long like usual. <laughs> but – um no, I, I think that's the interesting thing. Is there, you know, the the, the fourth quarter number or the, the these subscriber numbers haven't been great, um, and we know they just launched in the UK, which will definitely help their numbers as well. But it'll be interesting. Maybe that's part of the issue. Is they they the invest this you know stock market doesn't really know where the subscriptions are going to be, and again, how the stock market goes, it's all speculative. So maybe they think the numbers won't be great, and that's where the stock price is going now. And like I said, you know what? It's you hope that the number is good because you know they're going to be in a rock and hard place when you've made your campaign all this time about a price mark of nine dollars and ninety nine cents. You've done jingles, you've done everything else. You basically told people multiple times every week on your that if you're if you're paying with uh, the cable companies. For $59, $54.99, you're basically a moron. And you know what? It's going to be very hard for them to raise the price with the numbers terrible. I, I think the way they've done it, they've really put themselves in a hole here. So let's hope for the best that people are buying this product. I don't know if they've really given people a reason over the last six to eight weeks of quality programming to do that. But, you know, it will be interesting in two weeks when that number does come out. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, again, and, and it comes down to, and uh, you know, I definitely want to talk about all this more when it gets to that point. Um, but the big thing is they need quality programming, and, and so I think with the Rumble and with the, uh, some of the things that we're going to get, you now we'll see where where they're at. And right before we we move on, just want to let people know I just saw on online that Monday's WWE Raw television show averaged 4.1 million viewers. Uh, that was up from 3.905 million average from last week. So Raw Raw Go Home Show with the the reunion worked. I mean, I don't know if it's because they actually told people Brock was going to be here this time, or if it's what what reason why people you know showed up. But whatever the it was, legend, it was up. The, the the legends too. The Raw reunion that could have had something to do with it. People wanted to see the you know the older guys as well. Very possibly now. Before we take our second and final break, Jay, um, I saw it. I don't usually watch SmackDown live or always get a chance to watch SmackDown before we do the show, in all honesty. But it was the first new SmackDown, you know, on the new night on Thursday. 
And there was one thing that came out of SmackDown that really caught my eye. And I thought it was a great segment. And I thought it really helped get a guy who has become a better talker over the year, maybe reach that next level as a talker. He's got the in-ring acumen down. He appears to be getting a push by the right people. But on, on the show, on SmackDown, the first one on Thursdays, we saw Seth Rollins and Paul Heyman in a segment together. They've done good work in the past when there was other people in there, but I really think Seth Rollins did an incredible job, and he brought ideas within that segment of where they could be going. And, I, and when they do that, and when both guys are able to shine when they talk, that's, that makes a great segment. Uh, let me get your thoughts on uh, that segment from Thursday. Yeah, I thought, and you know, it's funny. Um, and we're going to talk about this with Royal Rumble predictions. I thought that segment was very, very interesting. I also think it's interesting that they don't put a segment like that and replay that on Raw. I mean, it was a tremendous segment, and with this show being three hours, they easily could have put that segment on Raw and slipped it in there as something that happened, and also teasing some dissension maybe with Heyman and Lesnar. I'm not sure why they didn't put that on there, but a tremendous segment. Um, Rollins, again, this guy every week is stepping up. He flubbed his line a little bit this week on Raw with the tail between the legs thing. Um but for the most part, I mean, he is, and, and you know, the one thing about that is he remembered his lines and all. It, not only how he remembered his lines, but also the fire behind his promo. Um, you don't often see that a lot of times, especially with heels. He really had a lot of fire and passion behind his promos. And again, this guy has improved every week in his promos, like something I haven't seen in a long time and very surprised to see. And I've been riding this Seth Rollins train for a long time. So I will continue to do that. And, you know, it brought up questions. It brought up the idea, can Heyman turn on on Lesnar? We saw the idea a little bit of just like what happened with uh, the breakup between Punk and, and Heyman, where it started off basically with Heyman being interrupted during an interview, where CM Punk basically said, you know what, I don't need you to talk for me. And it just brought up these ideas that, Heyman could go and turn on Lesnar, or what? what is Heyman, you know, what is Lesnar without Heyman? You know, you brought up that idea that he's just this big guy who is all muscle, no brain, and Heyman is that missing piece. I really, it made Heyman look like, you know, a key, a key figure, and that his role is actually important. So, I mean, I think they really did a lot of things, and I think that was the first step on Thursday, making me really say, I want to see this pay-per-view. More than just saying, it's the Royal Rumble, I'm going to have people over for the show, and, um, you know, I want to see it, I'm doing a wrestling podcast, you know? Yeah, I think between Thursday, and I, again, I didn't see the episode, uh, I watched, you know, I rewatched, rewatched it, but I didn't see it live, but between watching that promo with Rollins and Heyman and then watching Raw, they made that a show that you felt like you needed to pay for to see. That's the first time I felt like that since SummerSlam. I mean, probably where you felt like I need to buy this show. Like I need to pay for this show and watch it. And it's the first time in a while I felt like they've done that. And, you know, again, we always say this with WWE. When they really want to do something, they know how to do it. 
and uh, they've done a nice job with building up this main event. Absolutely. And you know what? Coming up after uh, this short break, we're going to get into what we think is going to happen at the Royal Rumble, get some prediction, maybe who we think might be some surprises, and a lot more. So we'll be right back with more of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Straight Yakuza kick to the face. MVP holding Lashley's world title with his beat-down plan around him. Of the beat-down plan. To your point, Taz, a part of this family, there you see the blood starting to trickle down the head of the world heavyweight champion, Lashley. This is a calculated assault by MVP. The world heavyweight championship doesn't belong to you, Lashley. It belongs to the beat-down clan. This is a whole new world. Stole the belt. It's Royal Rumble time, guys, and if you have two guys to talk about it, it'll be me and it'll be Jason. And uh, we'll actually even, we spoke to a couple of guys who have been on the show before who unfortunately weren't able to make it on this episode, but we got their picks. And it is interesting to see who they did pick. So as we go along, we'll, find, we'll let you know what Henry's take is, Alfred, good old John, and uh, even uh, Christopher Morin. So, Jason, let's start this bad boy off. Usual question I ask you, what do you think? What will be the main event of the Royal Rumble? The title match or the big celebration at the end with the guy looking at the sign and all the balloons coming down for a champion who's going to WrestleMania? What headlines this show? I think the title match. I think that's the way they built it. I think that's the way they built the story. I think that's what um, what they've given us on television in terms of time um, that they've put into it. So I think that's I think that's it right there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I think that's the biggest story going on. And when you have a big title match that people actually appear to care about, that's what's gotta go on last. So we're gonna you're not gonna get a disagreement with me with for me. So uh, let's start this off. The pre show match we found out will be Adam Rose and I guess uh, two guys he just likes being around. Uh, we, isn't, that was kind of how they made it sound. Uh, that's how that's how you all you need to know. Adam Rose and two random dudes he likes being around. There is no reason why they're teaming together. Oh God, go ahead. And those two random guys are Cesaro, who we no longer call Antonio, and the guy who's married to Natty Nightheart, because that's apparently what we're supposed to think of him. Uh. Jesus, I just forgot. A Tyson, Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd, yeah. Going up against uh, the New Day, the guys who are always happy because if they didn't, everyone have to, everyone would be hurt or something, whatever. They, uh, hey, hey we, we're going to smile so people don't get hurt? Like, what kind of line is that? Hey, guys, I'm a big pussy, so I don't really want to hurt anyone, even though I'm a professional wrestler. Oh, God, it's awful. Hey, it was, uh, it was nice to – we didn't get into this, but let me just say this quickly. We usually give WWE a lot of crap on a lot of things, but one thing they do very well is when it's a major holiday in, in the U.S., they, they do great with the production value. They do great with the, the promos they do for the, the packages for the Rumble and how important numbers are and everything, so that's done well. And it was nice to see that they 
did a really nice job with the Martin Luther King Day. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, they're a corporation. Like, they need to do these things for public image. Then the only black guys on the show are chucking and jiving. And they won. MVP said on TNA. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, they, they need to give them a win. You know, I mean, that's that's what they do with their black characters. But that's another story. Anyway, as far as who wins this match, I don't care. Uh, they both lost because they're on a pre-show. All right. Well, we'll try this again. Just on the idea of who do you think they're actually looking to push as a result of this. And this is the match that, you know... Who, if, who are they looking to push? Neither. All right. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Tyson, Rose, and Cesaro. I think push them. I'm going to go think with the, the New future. Day. Really? All right. I mean, yeah. New Day has beat them twice, I think, on uh, two consecutive Raws. So I think that in the long run, 50-50 booking, you're going to have to go and give uh, Tyson and... Cesaro a little bit of a win here and there. So, all right. So we got we got rid of the fil- the, the first of the filler matches. Let's go uh, divas tag team action. We're not getting a singles match with Natalia and Nikki for the title. We're getting a tag team match. It appears right now. I don't. I'll be honest. If I watched more than the first episode by accident of Total Divas, maybe I guess I should have interest in this match. But they've got some good workers in this match. But I really have no interest. So let's go with you. Our one's women's match on the on the card. Any interest? And do you think? Uh, what do you think wins? Again, they they make these matches for Total Divas. Yet the audience that watches Total Divas does not watch Raw, by and large. So it doesn't make much sense to me. Whatever I say. I don't know. The Bellas go over. I think it'll be a decent match. I will say that. I think the Bellas have improved, and Paige and Natalia are very good. So I think it'll be a decent match. I just don't really care at all who wins. All right. Um, I'll go with the uh, I'll go with the quote unquote baby faces. I guess in this match, even though when she comes out with uh, Cesaro and Kid, I think she's supposed to be a heel, or at least she dresses a little bit more slutty, which is always fun. Because Natalia is quite good looking, even uh, compared to all the other divas in the, who are basically you know Barbie dolls at this point. Um, so we got two matches out of the way and a couple more left. I guess we can go with the match. Another match that was made on Monday: the New Age Outlaws, or AKA the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, going up against uh, a team that wears face paint that's not any good in the Ascension. Do uh, do the New Age Outlaws do what they always do? They they'll get a win over a team that's you know twenty years they're younger than them, or do you think the Ascension get their heat back? And unfortunately, we see them win a match and continue on the on the main roster. Well, Victor's like our age, by the way, so he's actually not that old at all, but or not that young at all. But um, I I don't know. I I see the Ascension going over. I think if the Ascension don't win, I think it's a really bad sign on what the WWE thinks about them. Um, so I think they have to go over and win the match. You know what? I'm gonna. It appears that we're gonna be going different in a lot of these things, especially the undercard. I, I think the uh, the New Age Outlaws are gonna win the match, and I think that the Ascension aren't long for TV. I mean, I think they they were a team that was in FCW, then in uh, NXT. They've been there for as long as they could. It was time for them to move up or basically, you know, send packing. 
I think they'll be up for a little while, but I don't see the Ascension big being here past WrestleMania. I really think this could be something that they realize is a terrible idea. And I think it was done a lot better, this this idea at the first takeover show where we had where we had the surprise return of Scotty Tuhati and Grandmaster Sex A, Jerry Lawler's kid, come in as a surprise opponent for the Ascension. That was, you know, pretty terrible for what that was and I don't expect this to be much better, but if it's, you know, like under five minutes, maybe under a minute, you can get a couple of spots in from the New Age Outlaws and you move on to the next match. You think they're going to lose in less than five minutes? Wow. If I don't, they do that, you know, we, if we do that, if they do that, the Ascension, it will be repackaged. I mean, if they can't beat a couple of close to 50-year-old guys and they're hailing themselves as the greatest tag team or whatever... I mean, why are they there? They're a joke. They're a joke at this point. I mean, they're buried by the announcers every week. I mean, the announcers buried everybody, but they're overly buried by the announcers. They're terrible in the ring. They're terrible on the mic. They're they're not any good. And let's let's be honest here. Do you really think that the Ascension could work more than a five-minute match without the crowd starting to boo or them both being so blown up that it would just be time to call for the, you know, the ambulance to come out and, and rescue them? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, we'll, you know, we'll see. But this will be the telltale sign. If they don't win against these older dudes, we know where they're going with it. We can move on. Uh, and then the last, as far as we know at this point, of the undercard matches, another tag team match for the tag team titles for the, uh, I think, the 412th time over the last two months. <laughs> We've got... Uh, Team Miz versus the uh, the Usos. I guess we'll have you know some sort of interference from Naomi and Alicia Fox. I guess because they've now become part of this. I don't know what Alicia Fox really has to do with this. I guess she took over Naomi's spot on Total Divas. I guess that's where this comes from. But at this, I'll be honest. I love the Usos. I love Sandow. I am at times a fan of the Miz, but it's time to move on. Just do some sort of other feud. I think you have to go with the. Uh, I think you got to keep the, the the titles on uh, the Usos because I think this could be the beginning of the split, and maybe the start of Miz versus Sandow slash Mizdow at a match for WrestleMania. So I'm going to go with the Usos, and I think it should be a good fun match. But I think it's just time to move on from these guys. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent I think that's where they're going with it. Split of Sandow and the Miz. And it will be a pre-show match at WrestleMania. It's my prediction. Now, before we talk about the Rumble, just a quick idea. Do you think that the Miz, Miz Dow or Damian Sandow, do you think he can be over as not just being a guy who's being a copycat? He was. He was. He was. He was over. As a heel, he was over. He was. I mean, that question's been answered. He was over. They didn't want to push him. I don't know why, and and they did this with him. As a heel, he was over. So they gave him the money in the bank briefcase because he was over. Then they decided to de-push him. Now they did all this gimmicky stuff with him. So he already got the push. He already was over. So I don't know, you know, sorry for me sounding annoyed, but I'm annoyed because this guy's awesome. And Sandow's one of those guys who can wrestle, he can talk, he can do multi-characters. He's phenomenal. 
They need to do something with this guy beyond what they're doing with him. He is an absolute, probably the most unutilized character in the WWE, in my opinion. And, you know, it's ridiculous. So, yes, he's proven that he can get over with the crowd. And we'll see what they do with the moving forward. Very cool. All right. Uh, now we get to the co-main event of the evening, the Royal Rumble match. I guess we can go with it. I guess we can start off with, do you see any surprise surprises? Do you see people coming back that, what do you, what do you see as a result? Do you think, being in Philly, do we see, you know, Rob Van Dam make his every three month uh, appearance as a special it's a special, you know, appearance. What do you what do you see happening? Do we see like a Bubba Ray Dudley coming in? What do you, where do you see what do you see as surprises? Um, so I didn't realize the Royal Rumble was in Philly. I think that's awesome. The crowd's going to be really hot. Um, I don't know. Surprises are funny, right? I, there's a bunch of stuff. Spoilers as far as surprises that are going to be there. I don't read spoilers. I don't want to know about any surprises. I kind of just want to be surprised. Um, Sure, I could see Bubba Ray making an appearance in Devon. I could see, gosh, I don't know, the same legends that always appear. I Was it last year where they didn't have that many guest appearances? Um, when they had 40, they made, there were a ton of guys who haven't been there in a while. I kind of like there being 40, actually. But, um, yeah, sure, there'll be some awesome surprises. There'll be some guys who come out that we haven't seen in a while. Um, you're usually better at predicting these surprises than I am. I'm not sure who the hell is going to come out, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm excited to see the, the guys who are going to come out and make appearances. All right, well, the big guy who do you th- would you would you want to see, and do you think we might? There's two of them, and they're usually always put together. But Undertaker and Sting, do you, do you think we see either one of them as an entrant in the, in the Rumble this year? I don't think so. I think I think Sting has other things that he needs to that he's going to be dealing with in terms of Triple H, so I doubt we see him. I doubt we see him in the ring before WrestleMania. And the Undertaker? Do you think we get one last run this year? Yeah, or? I mean, I think Undertaker's trying to figure out what kind of shape he's in, so I doubt we see him at uh, the Royal Rumble as well. Okay, and you know what, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think that could be an interesting story with The Undertaker in many different ways. You can, you know, you could have him even, you know, win the Rumble and then get his his revenge on uh, Brock Lesnar if he keeps the title. And then, you know, you could have always the following night on that Raw, you could have Seth, Seth Rollins, you know, cash in the money in the bank and really, you know, give him that ultimate boost by being a guy who, uh, who beat The Undertaker the night after Mania. Go that way. Um, I think you might you might see the return of Sheamus. I think you'll definitely see Randy Orton. You know, so I, I think you'll see some surprises. I don't think we're going to see you know. Oh, here's here's one, and this is something that's been rumored that no names, but you know, the last couple of years you had Rusev, you had Bo Dallas. I mean, this year we could have you know a Sami Zayn. We could have Neville come out. I mean. It could be very interesting where we see that. Do you see uh, NXT having an impact, no pun intended, on uh, on the Royal Rumble match? You know who I'd love to see, and I think the fans would go crazy for? I'd love to see Kevin Steen come out, or Kevin Owens, as he's known as. I know it's too early. I know he just got there. 
but man, I'd love to see him come out. I think the crowd would eat it up. I think he'd be really over with the crowd. And I also think it would be a good gauge for the WWE to see, to see in a live crowd, how over is this guy? I think it'd be interesting. Um, you know, with Prince Devitt, you know, the fans like them, but some fans don't know him. Um, you know, I've never really seen him, and you, I don't know how many times you've seen him in Japan and the independence. But Kevin Steen, we know who he is. And I think the crowd's going to know who he is. I think I would love to see him come out and do something. Even if he does one of, you know, he comes out, does one of his moves, and gets eliminated immediately. It would be really cool to see him come out. I mean, because you know what? Last year, they really did it well with Rusev, where he got eliminated, but he had a huge impact with, uh, you know, basically beating the living hell out of Kofi after afterwards. And that was kind of the start of him going and becoming something. So it can be a launching point. And like, so the way he was eliminated, I don't even remember how he was eliminated because it was done in a way that it didn't hurt him. So, I mean, so you would like to see Steen. I think it's too early for Steen. I think he's, I think we, I think, the big plans for Cena are going to come up with NXT in the next couple of weeks, you know, when we have the next special and everything else, which I believe is going to be February 11th. I believe that's when the next special is. Um, we'll see where that goes. You know, hopefully that'll be another great show. But, you know, the only thing that, that worries you is ha- um, who, the, who the guys are they'll pick and, you know, what and how they'll be used. Because, like I said, if you allow someone like Neville to come in, do with a red arrow, and then he gets eliminated somehow in a fluke, and then he's on Raw the next night and we start there, that's one thing. But if you have Sami Zayn come out and he gets eliminated and then you don't see him again for a while, I think it could be a little shaky of a thing. But I'd like to see where they do because, like I said, they, they used Rusev so well last time. Now, let, let's get let's get into it. Who do you think's going to win the, the Royal Rumble? Who do you think should win the Rumble? Where, where's your feeling on that, Jay? The last four guys, I think, are going to be the guys that the panel mentioned and Roman Reigns. So that would be Dean Ambrose. Uh, man, I'm losing it. Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, and... Daniel Bryan. Who's the last? And Daniel Bryan, yeah, sorry, and Reigns. Those will be the last four guys. God, I don't know. Man, I think they're baiting us with this Daniel Bryan stuff. I think the Philly crowd's going to crap all... I'm trying to make this a clean podcast. I think they're going to crap all over Reigns if he wins. I don't think they want him to win. I don't think it's his time yet. But, man, with him ending Raw, he's the ending clip now. God, I... I don't know. Corey, I don't know. I'm saying either Bryan or Reigns, I, I think. I'm, oh gosh, I don't know to, to go with my heart or my head here. If I'm going and trying to get in Vince's mind, I think it's going to be Reigns. But reading this article that I'm reading um, from the Bleacher Report where they go inside the WWE headquarters and talk to Triple H and Stephanie about how they do things, I'm going to say Daniel Bryan wins the Royal Rumble. All right. Um, that's that's interesting. Um now, let's see. Some of our fellow people have been on the show. Henry uh, said he would like to see Ziggler or Dean Ambrose win, but he believes Roman Reigns is going to win. Uh, Alfred Mercado, who's been on the show, uh, thinks Bray Wyatt's going to win. Jo- Jonathan Oliva, who's also been on the show, also thinks Bray Wyatt. Very interesting. 
Uh, we had uh, Christopher Morin from uh, Morin's Law uh, blog has picked Roman Reigns. Uh, Eddie Z at the time of this recording uh, had not gone back to me on his choice, but I'm sure he'll have his own opinion on that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Daniel Bryan. I think that I know it's I think the story that they need to tell is the idea of big man, you know, versus the little man, you know, um, David and Goliath storyline. I think that's what WWE is. It's a, you know the small guy going up against the the guy that you know is the unbeatable force in this day and age of what we have now. And I just don't think Roman Reigns is ready yet. I think he's a year away, and I just I don't know what to think of what they're doing with him. It was great to not hear him talk, and it felt like he was a real character again. But I just don't think I don't think you go Roman Reigns this year. I agree. I think it's too. I think it's too early. Um, so, like I said, it, it was interesting to see that two two of the people who we've had on the show have both said Bray Wyatt. I mean, Wyatt doesn't really seem to be really going, at least from my opinion. Right now, he doesn't really seem to be going anywhere. I, I think there's no way Bray Wyatt wins this match. No way. Because it would be known for who, who would he go against. I think, there's, I think there's no way he wins this match. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, it's, I, I think that the one guy that we're all forgetting, maybe we want to forget him because of... Uh, what he's been over the last couple of years, Captain Bo- uh, Captain Boring, aka Randy Orton, who before he got before he left to do the movie and whatever reason why he hasn't been back yet, was getting really over, and he might be a, a wild card. He's a guy they could depend on. He might be the choice. I don't. I think it would be the wrong choice. But Randy Orton, like John Cena, is a guy that you could always pencil in for a big time match at Mania. Sure, I think he's. I think he's a underdog sleeper in this for sure. I, absolutely. I agree with you there. I mean, the, the and talking about the main event is going to be really fascinating, but I think I think the, the person going into WrestleMania is going to be a heel, whether that's Rollins or Lesnar. And so I think that leaves Dean Ambrose, Brian and Reigns, which is why I think Bray Wyatt's not going to win. And reading this article, and, and I put it on Twitter at Work to Shoot Pod, they did look at Brian as a main event guy for a while there, um, and then they started to come around on that again uh, after I forget what show they, they they did it, but they did start coming. Oh, after the Rumble, they started coming around to him again, and so I think they look at him as a guy, as a big time guy. So, because of that, I think Brian's going to be the one to win the match at Royal Rumble, win the Royal Rumble match. All right, we've we've reached that moment of the show, main event of the uh, of the evening, world title, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins. I'm going to let you know right off the top, Henry, Alfred, John, all picked John Cena to leave with the title. As surprising as that sounds. Chris uh, chose Brock Lesnar. Jay, what do you think? Do we uh, do? Does Brock lose? Does Seth uh, win clean? Does Cena win and then Seth Rollins cashes in and either leaves with the title or just you know basically 
We have another Sandow where he doesn't, ca- you know, he tries to cash in and, and is in- unsuccessful. What's, what, what are you thinking right now, a couple of days away from the Royal Rumble? So we look at the evolution of Seth Rollins and what they've done with him. Where he went from a guy, the Shield, we weren't sure his promos were going to be any good. He got better on his promos. He main evented that hell in the cell, main evented the TLC with John Cena. Well, that main event, but basically co-main event. And now main eventing this pay-per-view. And you can say main event in Survivor Series because he was the captain of the team. So he's main evented the last few pay-per-views. You look at his evolution, and now you look at them entering him into this match. That means he has two chances to win the title. That's more than either guy. So he either has the money in the bank or the triple threat match. I think the way that they've built him over these last couple of months and where they seem to have him in terms of the evolution of his character and the fact that he has two chances to win this, um, win the title at the Royal Rumble, I see Seth Rollins going over here. I see Seth Rollins winning the WWE World Heavyweight title either by the money in the bank or by the triple threat. I think, obviously, it'll be the money in the bank because I don't think you're going to want to have a guy be the money in the bank winner and the champion. I don't think that makes sense. So more than likely, Cena will win the title over Brock. He'll get curb stomped, and Rollins will walk out there with the title. Interesting. Um, I've, I've been torn on this. I've been going back and forth, just like a lot of people. I think that I think the I think that with uh, my choice of Brian winning the Rumble, I think he could have a great match with either of these three guys. You have a story that you could tell with any of these three. You have the story of you know last year's SummerSlam with Cena losing, and that's what started the whole tire basically rise of the authority at that point. You can go with, you know, basically the best possible wrestling match you might have with Seth versus Bryant. And then you have David versus Goliath with the monster of Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryant. So, I mean, it's, I don't think you can go wrong with any of these matches. And the way that they've been building with this tension between Brock and Seth right now, I could see Brock versus Seth at either Fastlane or at Mania. You know, so I mean, I could see the two of them facing off in that idea with the Brock face turn happening. So I think you can go any direction. I think the fans will be will be unhappy if Cena leaves as champion, especially if we have Cena versus uh, Reigns as the main event of WrestleMania walking out of, you know. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, that's. That's my nightmare. Oh, God, what an awful match that would be. Oh, man. Because, Corey, the other issue is we've seen the evolution of Rollins, and we've seen that he can talk, and he can carry segments. And Reigns, we haven't seen that. And maybe that's what McMahon has been doing these last few weeks with these weird promos they haven't cut about Superman and Jack and the Beanstalk. But he hasn't shown that he could carry a few through talking. I mean, that segment with him and the big show a couple of weeks ago was mind-numbingly bad. And so he can't carry a feud yet through talking. Um, and so I don't know if you want a guy to have to do that for WrestleMania. I mean, that's that just seems crazy to me, Corey. It seems crazy to me. So, uh, you know, 
I, I don't see how you have Reigns in the in the match. But yeah, I I, I think what they're and you could say the way they make Brock look was strong on you know Raw, but that would lead you to believe okay, he lost strong. He looked strong on Raw. Cena beat Rollins this week on Raw, so that leaves one guy who didn't get over this week. And that used to be the old adage where we watched the pay-per-views before. Whoever won at Raw lost at a pay-per-view. I don't think they really do that anymore, but I don't know. It's interesting. But like you were saying, you know, you got if if Reigns wins, I mean, I think the idea of Reigns versus Reigns versus Rollins, you could say he's been basically a year in the making also. I think that'd be a, I think that could be a good natural story too, where Reigns could I think they need promos with Reigns that kind of speak to him a little bit. Where he could naturally talk about how he hates Rollins and the Shield stuff. I think there's a natural storyline there that he can maybe get through promos wise and then the authority and Rollins can carry the rest. Um I think if it's him and Cena, like why they why does he why is he mad at him? I, I think there still needs to be some natural built in animosity between the two guys who go against each other. And I think you know, Reigns and seeing the two baby faces. I think that's going to be hard to do. Um, Rollins is a natural feud. And Lesnar, although that would be difficult, I still feel at least you have Heyman there to kind of carry the feud from the talking end. But I think it'd be similar to last year where The Undertaker barely talked and Lesnar barely talked, so it was Heyman out there every week basically talking to himself. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm... I'm I'm gonna go with Brock keeping. I, I'm gonna go with Brock keeping the title. Brock versus Brian at Mania, and either after Brian wins, you have Seth cash in, or you have Seth cash in the next night on Raw, like you had Ziggler do a couple of years ago on Del Rio. I just think that even if he's leaving, I know it makes it for. I know it makes it hard with lame duck champion at Mania, but I really do think the idea of Brock beating the streak, Brock being dominant from WrestleMania to WrestleMania, I think it hurts if you don't do that whole entire story of that one year, that one year build of ending the streak and then the giant, a.k.a., being knocked off, you know, as you want to go into the Roman Reigns words, you know, off of the beanstalk, you know, as stupid as that sound is, it was coming out of my mouth. But mm-hmm. I think, I really think you have to go with that story that you started with Mania. He beat the streak, yeah. And now at the next year's WrestleMania, his you know his year of dominance ends. And if he's and yeah. if he's re-signed, maybe you keep him with the title. You know, so I mean, <laughs> I really think it's easy to not not have any wrong move. Even though I don't want to see Cena win, I, even Cena winning versus you know a potential Daniel Bryan rematch from SummerSlam still can work. Yeah, I, this is what I think. This is the other thing. This is the other theory that I was thinking about. One, and we talked about this with SmackDown, they could totally have Heyman turn on Lesnar and have Rollins win this match. Then you'd almost have Lesnar as a babyface and then have Bryant as well, and then you could have a Rollins-Lesnar-Bryant triple threat match. And that would be interesting. That may be doing too much, but I think it would, I think it would be... I think it could be... Int- I think it could be really, really interesting. So that's one. Two, we haven't mentioned Sting in this, and I think he may play some part in this. And the part he could play is Rollins loses, 
whoever wins, maybe Cena wins. Let's say Cena wins. It'd be Cena winning. Cena wins. Rollins then wants to curb stomp Cena and cash in the money in the bank. Sting comes out, makes sure that doesn't make sure and makes sure that that doesn't happen. And then they figure out a way to have Rollins in one of these matches at Mania. So that's another way they could do it as well. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different combinations they could do. I hope that they don't take the easy way out, and I hope that they're creative in their thinking um, and to make the best main event match for WrestleMania. Do you but I think the triple... Go ahead. Do you think that they're, le- the quote-unquote, leaving money on the table on everything they've done over the last couple of weeks if we don't get a one-on-one match between Rollins and Lesnar at this point? Or do you think they're both heels... It's just what they're doing of just creating a story. We don't have to see a payoff of a one-on-one match. Them just being in a match together at the Rumble is enough for that story. <sighs> That's a good question. That's a good question. Could you see... So, if, you know... Because it'd be hard, right? If Cena... Ah, it's hard. So if Cena wins, and then you could have a Rollins... Lesnar main event at Fastlane. I don't know if Brock appears on Fastlane, though. Um, I don't... That's a really good question. They've really been building it up. Like, those guys are having a one-on-one match. And John Cena's kind of there. So, I don't know. That's a really good question, Corey. It's a good question. I I think I would really like to see them have a one-on-one match, and that's where they've been building it up to. But I think if they don't have a one-on-one match, because Brock's going to probably leave, then it'd be okay. I mean, because like I said, I think, like I was saying before, I don't think they're, I, I don't want to see Cena win, but I don't really think there's a bad way they can go in this match. I mean, if you have a screwy finish that makes everything look terrible, then you got a problem. And, you know, that just brings up, which we'll get into more once the Rumble has played out next week when we do our show, and we most likely on the Raw will have a better idea where they're going. But like one of the things I said about the Rumble is we start to figure out where certain stories are going for for Mania. And I think you could you could see something. I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but I think you would may have been getting towards this. We could see Lesnar or Cena win, and then whoever wins the Rumble, and then you have a three way where Rollins cashes in and inserts himself into the Mania main event. But that almost feels more of like a face thing to do to let people know when you're cashing in. So, I mean, it is interesting. You've got a lot of things that can go on here. I think the Rumble is going to be a good show. I think it can be – I don't think it will be anywhere as exciting as we had with uh, Lucha Underground two weeks ago or three weeks ago now. But I think we're going to have a good show. I think unless we have some really – I think unless maybe Randy Orton wins, you know, the Rumble, I think we're going to – most likely be pretty happy on no matter what happens on this show. I think next week we're going to be happy with this. So I think we could have a really good show and a lot of good stuff coming out of this. So I think that we can go in a lot of different directions here. We can go with Daniel Bryant. We can go with Roman Reigns. I think a guy like Dean Ambrose earlier in the year we thought could have deserved it. But I think there's really – I think there's a lot of good choices – and I'm hoping when push comes to shove, when we're on the air next week, we're sitting there going, they made the right decision. I mean, it will be interesting, and I'll get Jay's point of view on this in a second, how the Philly crowd will react 
if Daniel Bryant doesn't win the Rumble. You're going to see how the Philly crowd will act, will react. If John Cena, you know, wins clean. I think a really interesting, you know, we had back in the day with uh, the one night, the one night stand two, I think it was, where we had the ridiculous thing where if RVD didn't win, the New York fans were going to riot, which of course is never going to happen. But like I said, it's going to be very interesting how this Philly crowd, which is the ECW fan base, which we still have, some of them still left. If Daniel Bryan loses the Rumble, how they react, how Roman Reigns they react if he wins. It's going to be very interesting to see what this crowd does and how the Philly crowd affects this card. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I am, and knowing that it's in Philly makes me even more excited um, and I know uh, we got to wrap it up. And Corey always does the one to ten scale for interest. So Corey, I'm going to let you start. Where are you in terms of the rumble and your interest one to ten? I'm going to go a really high number for a change. I'm going to go with about an eight. I am really interested in this title match, and I'm really interested to see what they do in regards to who wins the rumble and how the Philly crowd. You may be giving them too much credit, but how the Philly crowd reacts to who's in this match and who's not. So, you know, last year, which no one will ever forget, one of the most over guys in the history of this company and the history of the industry, Rey Mysterio Jr., came out at 30. Everyone was hoping it was Daniel Bryant and the guy who's been the ultimate babyface. I don't think he's ever been healed in his whole entire life. was basically booed out of the building. Does the Philly crowd take that cue and they try to take over the show? I'm really interested. I think we're going to have a great show for those last two matches and really couldn't care less about any other matches on the show, which I think you'll agree with. Yeah, I think I'm going to give the show a nine and a half. And the half is because I think the undercard sucks and I don't care about it at all. Um, So that's a lot of room. I think if there was an undercard match that piqued my interest at any point, um, kind of like when that Cesaro, I think it was Cesaro and Sheamus from uh, the Night of Champions, who they had a really, really good match. If I saw one of those matches along with the Royal Rumble and uh, the main event, I probably would have given it a 10. But the matches are complete throwaways that no one cares about and no one's going to care about the result the next day. Uh, although the Ascension has some interest, but I don't care. I don't care to see them work. It's horrible. Um, I think the Philly crowd, I think the fact that this match, these these two matches, the Royal Rumble and the, the triple threat match, basically tell us what where they're going for WrestleMania. And it tells you where they could be going for a lot of guys. You know, is does Daniel Bryan win? Is Dean Ambrose one of the last four guys? Um, where is Roman Reigns in all this? How do they look at Bray Wyatt? How do they look at Seth Rollins? Is he the undisputed future of the WWE? What do they do with Cena here? Does Heyman turn on Brock? I think there's so many different elements that that come into play here with the Royal Rumble. I, I think it's going to be a very very fascinating night. Um, and so I'm giving I'm giving a nine and a half. I'm very very excited to watch the show and excited to see how things pan out. But you really don't have to start watching until like nine o'clock. Because, I mean, the undercard is just horrible. So, nine and a half for me. 
Awesome. And you know what? You stole my question. I was gonna ask. I was gonna. I was gonna say we should. Most people should start mostly tuning around nine fifteen. They should be okay. But and the last thing I guess we'll just say is I'm gonna. One thing I do find interesting is how they're gonna handle a guy like Rusev because they've been protecting him. How do they eliminate him from the Rumble? Because he's not winning the Rumble. I don't think. I, don't, I think if I don't think he will win the Rumble. It'll be interesting to see if they just have simply they have. Um, Ryback, you know, just eliminate him. So you're setting up the match for Fastlane, I'm guessing, or how they wind up getting him out of the out of the match. But you know what? Great show today. Only one thing left to do: uh, some plugs, some uh, info. Jason, take it away. Yeah, uh, please vote for us on WrestlingRadioAwards.com. We we're nominated for Best New Show uh, slash Podcast. And uh, Corey and I do a lot of hard work here to try to give you guys the best show, and we appreciate a vote. Um, if you like us, have ever met us, think we're great, please vote for us. Um, so we appreciate that. Um, obviously, you can scri- subscribe to us on iTunes, the Worth Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of us so you never miss an episode. That's the Worth Shoot Wrestling Podcast on iTunes. Also, you can go to our website, uh, .podomatic.com that's worth shoot.podomatic.com and our podcasts are also on there uh, you can check us out on Twitter at work shoot pod at live tweet pay-per-views live tweet raw probably live tweet and raw rumble very excited about that uh, Corey is paladin 808 nobody cares so it's not even worth mentioning um, and we also have a Facebook page the work shoot podcast wasn't able to get wrestling in there so just the work shoot podcast um, pretty updated pretty regularly um, not, not as much as Twitter but we try to keep that page up and running um, yeah and also punch.co punch apparel um, the official sponsor of the workshoot wrestling podcast they have sweaters t-shirts um, cool cool things um, if you guys can go check it out go to www.punc.co and if you see anything you like type in the letters shoot all in caps at checkout and they say 15% off. Um, so we're giving you guys some homework this week. If you like our podcast, please go to punch.co and please vote for us on the wrestling radio awards.com. Could have not done that better myself. And, uh, like I always say, thank you always for uh, supporting our show. Uh, we're looking to have a guest on next week. Uh, very possibly, uh, Jonathan Olivo will be joining the program next week. He, Ooh, a friend of the show. I'm a excited. friend of the show, exactly. We should try to make it this week, but he had uh, some stuff he had to take care of. Glad that everyone... Oh, like, a, like, a wife and, like a wife and two children? I was going to say like an ear infection, but uh, I'll, I'll, we'll go with the wife Ooh. and two children. Right. Yeah, but um, like always, thank you everybody for the support. Uh, check out our work, as you said, on uh, Facebook, iTunes... Potomatic and everywhere else. Once again, Jason Brooks uh, patrolling the Twitter with at work shoot pod and me, which nobody cares about, Paladin 808. Thank you, like I said, always for the support. We'll be back next week with a, hopefully a really clear picture on what's happened with the Royal Rumble and where we're going towards with WrestleMania. And hopefully maybe have a couple of interesting stories from the, uh, the annual... Uh, as I say, the Barker Avenue uh, Royal Rumble Party at my place. So uh, 
Should be fun. Maybe there could be some audio done afterwards if, if uh, people are sober enough to do it. No promises on that. But uh, we'll see all you guys next week. Once again, thank you very much for the support. And uh, for Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. Jason, the floor is yours. I think we're done here. See ya. Give me what it takes now. Great.